Everyone, Jacob, just reminding you that this is part two of our special two-part episode on Ill Bleed. Now, this part is, for one, so long that you can probably tell why we release them separately, but this is also where we get into the actual content and storyline of the game. Now, this is a very spoiler-heavy episode, and this is really the kind of game that you can only experience for yourself once. So if you feel that you may want to play it, then you may want to go ahead and hold off on listening to this. We won't be offended. Anyway, we had a blast recording this, and I hope you enjoy. we're back so you get back you get into ill bleed as erica first stage home run of death yes every stage tells its own story so we're basically talking about like six separate movies here yeah some of them work better than others yeah so home run of death basically the background is you have this father who was an innkeeper and his son who is this baseball prodigy uh the father is mr barnbelow and his son jimmy so one day on the the day of the big game, oh after boy. Jimmy scored the the big homer, their their hotel was caught up uh, in an accident when some teenagers were playing with fireworks and they set the whole thing ablaze, killing Jimmy and uh, deforming, I guess Mr. Bambolo, uh, Mr. Barnbolo, Bambolo, I forget which. Uh, and so in a rage for killing his precious Jimmy. He went and both murdered those teenagers who had caused the fire, as well as uh, any other teenagers who come to the hotel. Just fucking hate teens. Or in or whatever. He hates teens. So So it's sort of like, so it's probably like the most classical, like slasher flicky out of all these. You play a sport, a game, knowing full well that you're going to either win or lose. You never expect to die before your dreams come true. Neither did Jimmy, or his father, Gail Banbalo, a Minnesota innkeeper. He set up a secret baseball practice arena in the basement of his inn, where he and his son practiced day after day. Yeah, you go around the hotel trying to find information and getting baseball-themed items before... (laughs) Including a talking bat. Yeah. This game loves faces where faces are not supposed to be. <laughs> it's scary. That's like, that's horror 101. Yeah, that's something I'm quite afraid of. <laughs> I, I live several stories up in a building, so the idea of seeing a face in my window oh, is yeah. pr- pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some stuff in windows in this game. Oh, yeah. But... I, I feel like that's the first real indication of the tone of the game, is when you pick up a baseball bat, which is the first weapon in the game, and it just suddenly grows a face. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, well, I will Jimmy, say that's... it's time for practice. <laughs> hey, wait! You're not Jimmy! 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 Jimmy, it's time for practice! Get out to the training field now! 
So it's definitely very goofy, but I will say, I've seen a lot of people say they don't think the game is actual, like, horror just because it's so goofy. I kind of feel differently. I think it does a good job of still being, like, very foreboding and atmospheric. Yeah, I'll the, admit, the music I found like, it kind of horrifying in places. Yeah, definitely. I thought so, too. Maybe I'm just, like, a coward, but... No, I think it's very, like, the, the environments are very oppressive. There's, you know, there's not a lot that really, like, comes at you fast necessarily. Even, like, the traps have warning with, like, you know, a, a strings effect that will play when you spring a trap. Yeah, apparently, really it comes out suddenly. It kind of ruins the effect because you can hear the Dreamcast loading them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's the Dreamcast I know and love. Um, so, yeah, there's not... For a game that's based around stuff popping out at you, there's not so much of that. It's, but I think that the environments are still like generally very foreboding. The music does a really good job of setting the tone. It's very loud. It's very heavy on like deep synths. It's very cool, but it's definitely like, I think it does a good job at being frightening. So, and this level in particular, I think is maybe, it's really because it's the first one. You don't really know what's going yeah, on. Yeah. And it's also probably the most straightforward horror. Yeah. But eventually you come across Mr. Bambolo and uh, he, he, he wants to he wants to know where Jimmy is. Yeah. As as he's written on the walls, Jimmy Baseball Hero. <laughs> Jimmy Baseball Hero. Jimmy only stadium. I think it's a Jimmy only stadium. Stadium, sorry. <laughs> it's for moment he chases after you with a flamethrower and eventually you're allowed to hit him you rescue one of your friends only to discover that he has now grown to be like 50 feet tall for some reason mr bamboo not your friend because he, he's pissed he wants to know where jimmy is yeah and you can't hurt it so what you have to do is take a separate path and head into the control room and beat up the guy running the animatronic boss. Uh, this is a pretty recurring thing in Oblead where you often deal with behind-the-scenes stuff in the theme park. And even there, there's this sort of abstraction between, like, are you supposed to be doing this? Like, uh, when you like when you beat this guy up, it turns out that he was an animatronic as well this whole time. And it's sort of like, what's the actual control of this like? Is there actual supernatural stuff at play? Nobody knows, and it never really gets answered. <laughs> yeah. Stop right there. This area is restricted to authorized personnel only. Please, I can't buy that horrid beast myself. I know. Isn't that cool? We spent five million dollars to build this enormous thing we call Banball. It's super alloy skeletons controlled with advanced hydraulics with custom bearings and joints. You're looking at two meters of thick titanium for every bone. All computer controlled by me. <laughs> How'd you like that big sucker, eh? But yeah, once you do that, that's basically the level completed. Mm-hmm. And 
It's, it's probably also the worst of the levels, because it's not very intuitive. You don't necessarily know what you're doing. I feel like at least you come out of it with a much better idea. I felt like I was prepared for the rest of the game after that. True. But then, once you get to the next stage, basically everything you know is no longer useful. Yes, because there are no <laughs> traps in stage two. No, not a one. So, the st- stage two is called uh, Revenge of Queen Worm. An RV campsite has been turned into a morbid morgue, covered in blood, and the remains of numerous unidentified bodies. It's hard to believe that such a brutal massacre could have happened in this day and age, especially at such a secure location. It only took the rescue crew 20 minutes to respond to the emergency call, but by the time they arrived, it was too late. There were no survivors, and consequently no witnesses. So the mystery remains. Who or what could have done this? It seems too massive and malicious for a single human to have done it. Or several, for that matter. It's the setup. It's Tremors. It's Tremors, yes. So you're at this campsite that has been overrun by uh, giant killer worms that are murdering people. When that happens, that was the worst part of Boy Scouts. (laughs) <laughs> so and naturally you have to get to the bottom of this there's probably less storytelling in this one there's not a whole lot in the way of cutscenes in the game in general but you'll find like text logs or you know environmental storytelling so you you get the feel for it as you progress even if there's not a whole lot in the way of dialogue uh, this one is but mostly about a worm farmer who <laughs> yes. was pressured into selling his land after the worm economy tanked (laughs) yeah worm inflation took a took a real effect on him by the way the conceit of this level is that people started eating worms instead of meat because (laughs) (laughs) why not it's the more vegan option (laughs) i wouldn't put it past them (sighs) so basically yeah so this this worm farmer he got uh, bought out by this campsite, I guess. Some yeah, sort of corporation. And they screwed him over massively, so he killed himself. Yeah, and as his last request, he wants to to kill. Uh, how do I describe this? Like he this, asks you to kill Rachel. He wants you to kill Rachel, who he's clearly very fond of, presumably his daughter. Thanks for coming. I'm sorry I yelled at you. Ever since the Drond Corporation cheated me, I've had a hard time trusting anyone. I apologize. By the way, I want to ask you a favor. You seem decent and trustworthy. It's about my beloved Rachel. I wrote the details in my will. It's all right here. Please, read it, will ya? Please? So, as you progress through the level, Rachel is as good as a daughter. It, yeah, well, because you find out, like, you know, Rachel is what he wanted to name his daughter, and in the end, Rachel is the name of the queen worm that he had been breeding. So, <laughs> just like, then he, he, there's one, one of the documents is his diary, which is basically like letters to Rachel. She's just like, yeah. I accidentally dropped you in some gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're well, sometimes huge. Sometimes you drop your worm in gasoline. And it's very convenient because the way you take out Rachel is with a blowtorch. 
Fucking love so you this just level. so you just set this you just set this giant worm alight, uh, and then its spirit goes with with its owner to hell together, <laughs> and they live happily ever after in hell. <laughs> they, they expressly say it, it is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. That's it was a really good punchline. Yes, you could you could pretty easily see Rachel as the worm that twist coming. But the punchline in the end just made it all really yeah, worth just it. Just how sincerely they play it, it's beautiful. <laughs> There's Especially since, like, between. David, the yeah. worm farmer, is just like a stock image that you see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they have this really touching reunion, and then that's the end of the level. Oh, and you also save Michelle from some monkeys or something. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rachel! I've missed you so. You appear to be okay. Oh, that's a relief. At last, we can be together forever. Let's go back to hell. Hey, you, young one! Thank you. I'll never forget your. And level three, what's it called? Wood puppets? Wood puppets, wood pu- pu- puppets with three P's, depending on where it's where it's written. George McLaughlin knew there was more to life than running a sawmill. He loved what he did, but he needed better equipment. He'd make the finest, fastest chainsaw man has ever seen. That chainsaw instantly would tear through wood with a nice, clean cut and would make him the envy of anyone in the lumber business. He knew just the tree to cut to prove the merits of his product. It was 800 years old, huge, gnarly, and tough as nails. He took a picture of himself in front of the tree and then started to saw. Suddenly a face appeared on the tree and it swallowed him. He was presumed lost in the wilderness or eaten by a bear. No one cared because he was alone. So let's see. So the conceit of this one. So there's this owner of a lumber mill. Who had created, I think it was like the most powerful chainsaw ever conceived. Is yes. that what it was? The most yes. powerful chainsaw ever. <laughs> the most powerful chainsaw ever. So naturally, he wants to test it out on this, you know, fuck off big tree that's just like chilling by his mill. But then he disappeared. But he disappeared. And nobody cared and because he was a loner anyway. <laughs> yes, that was such a good line. Oh my god. There's some... For as bad as a lot of the translation is, there are some really good lines in it. That's, that is like you one said, of them. when we did Vampire's Kiss, you said it was difficult to keep from making your entire commentary just quotes. This yeah, is the exact yeah. same instance. Yeah, because Mira was mentioning that her own the extent of her familiarity with the game was through this bot on Twitter that just posted quotes and. Uh, written text from the game because it's just that good. There's so much good stuff. Who, who's going to cut the tree? Going to cut the tree, and I got to cut the tree because I love to cut the tree. Yo, ho, ho, and I'm out of control. I'm gonna cut the tree. Um, yeah. Let's see. So, so my my first my only impression of Illbleed for a long time was this bot, Illbleed.txt. And so my, how the hell do you piece it like piece what the game is together from that? I couldn't. And <laughs> I, I, I feel place. like I thought it was, I don't know. I didn't realize it was a horror thing for a long time. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I was like, 
ill bleed sounds like it would be a horror thing, but this doesn't seem about, very horror. Why are they talking about sexy dolls so much? <laughs> God. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, so the mill reopened, uh, only to have the workers there start disappearing, and their families get sent these mysterious wooden figures called wood puppets who would attack them, and who ironically, quote, ironically would bleed when you attack them. Don't know what's ironic about that, but okay. You can probably so, guess what's going on here. So naturally, it's up to Erico and the gang to get to the bottom of this. So she explores the mill and the woodcutting museum inside, only to discover that there is some strange operation going on, turning people into wood puppets. Dun, dun, dun. And then you turn into a wood puppet. And then you turn into a wood puppet because, uh, sounds fun. Yeah. See, one thing that kind of, because before that in the level, you see that bodies go through this, like, horrible, like, skinning process and all that stuff before they're turned into wood puppets. Does that mean your character gets skinned No, and I stuff? think she just jumps straight into the final machine. Okay, okay. So I was like, wait, fuck, did I just get her skinned? Like, <laughs> but... Don't worry, they're fine in the end. Uh, oh, you also along the way, you see that Randy had become a wood puppet. And they have taken and, out uh, his brain. They had taken out his brain. He was acting a little loopy. He wasn't the Randy that we know and love. He couldn't recognize anything, because he had no brain. It turns out that there's uh, this whole operation where it's a game with the woodcutters against the wood puppets. Yeah, so there's these, like, the woodcutters seem to be, they're not like the workers of the mill. They're like some manipulated, like, possessed woodcutters or something because the workers of the mill were what had been turned into the wood puppets and these woodcutters are trying to kill the wood puppets so as a wood puppet you have to uh run through this maze uh escaping woodcutters killing a lot of woodcutters along the way yeah and you have to find and save randy well you don't have to find and save him while you're at it but you you can mm -hmm. returning uh, his brain is also optional it is optional. Which means that if you choose not to give back his brain, he just speaks in gibberish the rest of the game. You must be one of those parts. The rest of the game, including <laughs> all the cutscenes from then on, it even lists him on the character select as Brainless Randy instead of his full name. And then the thing of note with this level... This one has a gimmick, too, uh, that when you're a wood puppet, uh, the way you fight and your movement options are different compared to normal. It's all very limited. Yes. Uh, so you get to the end of that, uh, you're restored to human form, and you come face-to-face, -face, or you're supposed to, with this giant tree that had killed uh, the owner of the mill. Except it, you, you encounter it when it's having a bit of technical difficulty. Could be the connection! I mean the cable connection, not the oil pump. No, that's not the problem. Sorry, uh, we're having trouble getting the boss character out. Uh, hold on a second, please. 
Hey, we got another customer waiting here. Hurry up! Try turning on the switch again. Okay, here goes. Nah, nothing doing. This is gonna be a nightmare. Y you over there, go ahead and jump into it and keep going. I'll try to get it to work from here. You do get to fight it, though. So and This boss fucking be... sucks, by the way. Yeah, this is probably the hardest thing in the game. Uh, it's not a good fight. You have to really abuse this uh, dodge mechanic that's in the game, where you can press the A button to dodge, which makes you basically fully invulnerable during that period, but it also increases your pulse when you do it. So you take out the giant tree, and then you limp your way to the exit, and you're done. My name is George McLaughlin. I can Alright, so that's halfway through the game. Yes. You've saved you've saved all of Erico's friends, so you have all four of them selectable at this point. But like I said, you only play as Erico because the others suck. Yes. So, stage four is the killer department store. There was a big blowout sale going on at the Cashman department store, which needed something to bail it out of heavy debt. What seemed like a sale was actually a deadly disguise for a mass murder by store manager Donald Cashman, who freaked out after a run of bad business. He killed all of the customers and stole their money and valuables in his warped mind. In his warped mind, he figured they owed it to him since he couldn't make enough money in sales. Real creative so, name. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's not the end of that, because the antagonist here is this uh, money-grubbing uh, department store owner named Cash Cashman, was it? Or is it yes, Cash Cashman. Well, I forget. Cashman. Donald Cashman. Which, you know. Donald... Yeah, oh yeah, it was Donald Cashman. A bit, a bit on the nose, maybe, but what in this game isn't? <laughs> so, this is probably the longest level as well. Uh, as you make your way through a kill a killer department store, naturally, which will so steal your money as well as frightening. Yes, you. that's the that's the unique thing here. Uh, normally, you're given prize money at the end of a level, depending on uh, different parameters you meet, including time and how your stats are looking at the end of the level. In this level, you're given the money up front, and there are certain checkpoints where you need to have a certain amount of money to pass through it. Uh, and traps this time. Normally, they only increase your pulse, or it both increase your pulse and both do damage and bleeding. But this time, they can do all that plus steal money. Uh, though having losing money isn't that big a deal because it never takes enough that you can't progress. But it is a bit annoying. Also, the department store here, for being in Nebraska, supposedly, it is very much set up like a Japanese department store, <laughs> with you know, like a grocery store on the bottom, going up to like the toy store and stuff like that and there is a lot in this level as well at one point you meet the cake from hell the cake from hell yes who wants something to make him glorious no glorious <laughs> do you see what they did there so naturally you you top the cake from hell with uh, a severed head that you find lying around I am the cake from hell, <laughs> but I need something more to be a complete cake. A cake I'd be proud to be. I feel like the top of my head needs something glorious, or should I say, glorious to crown me. 
What do you have that I could wear as a decoration? Hmm? And uh, yeah. he's so grateful for that. He's so grateful for that that he lets you uh, take him around and eat him. <laughs> uh, another point. Like, you have to have meat to come into this restaurant within the department store where you are put on the grill with your meat, which then comes alive and attacks you. Hi there. Welcome to Mr. Meat Steakhouse. Hey, I see you brought your own meat. You can grill it up right here on my good old grill. Takes a lot of doing to cook all that meat, mind you. I'll make sure you're well done, too. What you waiting for? Get you and your meat up on the now. Yeah, yeah, the game tricks you into thinking, like, it's just going to give you as many healing items as you want. Because you can pick up infinite meat items in the uh, hallway beforehand. But then immediately following that, it's all out of your inventory. And depending on how much you brought, that's how much you have to fight. So <laughs> that's uh, an unfortunate gag that you would miss out on uh, if you played it with spoilers. So sorry if you hadn't played it and you're listening. You just deprived yourself of a of a fun little fun little moment there yeah that's okay jacob did too (laughs) yeah i used to walk through because i don't really have the time (laughs) good thing i'm a vegetarian (laughs) (laughs) there you go (laughs) well he kicks you out if you don't have any meat (laughs) yeah you have to bring some meat and there in the hallway beforehand there are some uh giant cockroaches who demand uh sustenance (laughs) just because that's how it is all right. Final stretch of the level, he's in the toy department, where this killer yes. doll decides she's going to play a few games with you. Wow, you really came to see me. I'm so happy. It's odd because I haven't killed anyone yet today. Oops, don't pay any attention to me. On second thought, you really should listen carefully to what I have to say right now. As I won't repeat it. Got it? Listen up. Yeah. So, interestingly, this doll is named Cutie Marie. And then in the hub world, the shop owner is named Bloody Mary. And she is totally harmless and innocent. She is like the only character in the game that I think just never attacks you. Bloody Mary got yes. a bla- Cutie bad Marie. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I hate to say this, but you beat me fair and square. Ooh, I feel like such a loser. You can take as much treasure as you want at the exit. Later, Gator. So, the games that you play with uh, Cutie Marie consist of Tag, in which you have to uh, navigate a maze to find four items while she tries to kill you. Uh, And then Hide and Seek, which is one of the more frustrating non-combat parts of the game, because you're basically put in a room with a bunch of traps that you have to voluntarily activate because she is hidden in one of them and you have to guess which it is. So you can get lucky and get it on your first try or it can... You can literally get hit by every single one. Yes. And uh, then she tries to kill you. You don't really have a whole lot... Yeah. You don't have a whole lot in the way of stuff to heal you. Fortunately, everything only does uh, pulse damage it only increases your pulse i mean you can you stock can up beforehand by just, yeah which you can lower by just standing still but it's still like a pain in the ass then the final game that she plays with you is jump rope because <laughs> jump rope yeah. mechanics and video games are always <laughs> fun 
always fun. Fortunately, it's pretty short and relative. I would say it's pretty easy once you get past uh, the fact that once jumping has like a lot of lag on it. Also, it's hilarious because Uh, apparently this jump rope is bladed and apparently it hits a major artery whenever you lose. Blood just like fucking flies out once you get hit by it in like massive streams. It's hilarious. It's worth losing it once just to see that because it's so over the top. Uh, this is an, it's also another case of the dialogue in the game being incorrect, considering that Marie says it's poisonous and will kill you if it touches you, but it just does a little bit of damage. Also, there's a save point right beforehand anyways, because they are kind. Still better than the jump rope in Mario Odyssey. <laughs> anyways. After all of this, you after- face Cashman himself. Yes, and unfortunately for you, he is invincible. His his all this all his money has made him powerful, and there's nothing you can do. That's why except, capitalism works. Yeah, there you go. Except uh, if you if you got to look at the map in the level before you initiated the fight, you would see that there's a a hallway you can go to where you can find uh, Cashman's operator room, where there's a distracted operator hanging out, and you can just take Cashman's controls. And then you force him to so jump against a wall is... until he dies. So, the, yeah, the boss is defeated by just controlling him so that he crashes himself <laughs> into a wall. And then he explodes, and you have to get evacuated because that wasn't supposed to happen. And that's the level clear. We have a Code 9 here. I repeat, Code 9. This is an emergency. Cashman's on fire, and the flames are spreading fast. There's no time. We need to evacuate the visitor now. Roger that. We're activating the emergency escape unit. Alright. Getting there. Fifth stage is called Killer Man, where the objective is kill, written in, like, (laughs) assy art, I guess. It took place in New York in 1935. America was just coming out of the Great Depression when something happened which shocked the world. The papers called it the Killer Man Serial Murders, which began with the killing of the CEO of Manhattan Mutual Bank. The citizens of New York started to panic as there seemed to be no pattern or motivation for what would turn into 39 murders in less than a month. Since no one knew the killer's identity, people started calling him Killer Man because he always left the same trademark on his victims, a bright red star or killer mark. So the setup for this is sort of like it's unclear if it's intentional or not, but it's set up so that it seems like the stage has sort of gone off the rails. You never actually enter the level itself. The whole uh, premise it's... that you're given is about a serial killer that leaves a distinctive yeah. mark. But yeah. so you immediately you go backstage get... and find that one of the operators has been killed and left with a mark. Yeah, so you never actually get to go into the level itself, whatever that was supposed to be. So instead, it is a murder mystery level uh, where you have to try to figure out the secret behind Killer Man. This one has by far the most uh, cutscenes and backtracking in the game. Uh, it's probably honestly my least favorite just because there's, there's a lot of reused material in it. The explanation being that it's behind the scenes of Illbleed. So, you know, you're in all, like, the storage areas and, you know, 
stuff like that, which is kind of cool. It's cool to see like you know the operations of Illbleed, but it's a combination of reused material and then a lot of just like big areas that That's biggest don't mazes have many in the traps. game. Yes, and they don't have many traps, but they have some traps, so you can't just run blindly through it. This is particularly evident in uh, the last area you go to, which is the morgue. Uh, the Illbleed Morgue, where all the people who die in Illbleed are just tossed into. They, uh, up on the surface of Illbleed, it's claimed that, uh, there's this nice graveyard where everyone is given a proper burial, but in actuality, they're just dumped into this big, awful pit. Who? What died in here? Just about everything, duh. It's a morgue, silly. A morgue? Yeah, where they keep the stiffs. Illbleed is full of dead bodies. More than a hundred visitors die in this park every day. This is where the bodies get burned and forgotten. It's not exactly the high point of the park. This is really weird. It feels like spirits are swirling around my body. I hear ya. It's like a cold mist. You're aided in your search by... I forget his full name. Jorg? Who's... Jorg. Jorg, yeah. who's an ace reporter that looks like he's 11. <laughs> he's actually based off of, I believe, one of the staff of uh, Crazy Games, the developer. You are right about the body. This is a homicide case. Somebody killed him. You should have seen Manager Cunningham's face. He turned deathly white and rushed over to the main office. But never mind about him. Here, come take a look at this. It's a killer star. That's the mark of a killer man. This logo suggests that a killer man is actually the murderer. But here's the catch. Killer man doesn't really exist. He's a fictional character they created for this theme park. It's hard to believe this could happen, but we have a real dead body here with a killer mark on it. All we have to do now is figure out what it all means. But eventually you do come across the killer, not the supervisor who was embezzling funds and killing people no the killer was killer man himself yeah so midway through the level right before the final stretch you are told to choose who you think the killer is with the promise of a prize at the end like literally the action pauses (laughs) yeah it's presented like a tv show like do you know who the killer is Now that you've gathered the clues you need, we're going to challenge your ability to solve the murder case. Try and use your clues to solve who the murderer is. If you come up with the right killer, you'll get a game cash bonus after clearing this stage. So who do you think the serial killer is? Come on, you can figure it out. Can't you? It's very good. One of the choices on phones now. Yeah, exactly. Like, not really the playable like, character, you literally that. you. You, the player who must have been driven to madness by this game, and thus have been going around killing people. So you choose out of a list of suspects, and then there are actually two conditions that you have to pass to get your prize. One is naturally making the right guess, but then two, midway through the morgue, uh, your gets kidnapped by zombies real zombies it's made pretty clear that they're not like costumed things or at least they're not supposed yeah, to be they're invincible monsters in the games they are 
real invincible, unkillable zombies whose limbs fly off when you shoot them. So, in what I consider to probably be the most rough point of the game, you have to search the enormous maze-like morgue to find where Yorg is, because otherwise, if you don't find him, you, one, cannot get the best ending of the level where you get the payout, and two, cannot get the best ending of the game either. Yes, because Yorg joins you. Should you yeah, rescue. Yorg joins you as a playable character afterwards, which you don't really get to see a whole lot of him for reasons we'll get into later, even if you really want to. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, you need to find him, and it's a pain in the ass, and that is probably the one point where I would most recommend using a guide. Yeah. Because it's very easy to, one, wander into the final boss fight, not even knowing you were supposed to have found him, uh, until the... Uh, end card will say like you never found out who it was because your partner had fallen in action and then you're like oh i was supposed to find him but also it's just fucking hard to find him because the morgue sucks yeah anyways yeah you finally have your fight with the killer man who uh takes out the most likely suspect uh, and it turns out that he was being controlled by the spirits of the victims of ill bleed who were wanted to take revenge on its staff for leading to their death so that's basically just Killer Man being Killer Man. Yeah. So if you chose Killer Man, you were right. Which I actually got. I didn't use a guide, and I got it right the first time. Yeah, so did I. I my, my, it it oh, didn't I tell me in the walkthrough. I got it right. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I just figured, like, you see before that uh, Killer Man, like, firing giant lasers and making huge jumps, and it's just sort of like, well, nobody could have done that, so... <laughs> But the other guy was a trained gymnast. <laughs> it's really ridiculous, yeah. Uh, at one point, they suspect uh, one person as being Killer Man because he was formerly a gymnast, which means he can do like 60-foot jumps in the air, I guess. <laughs> so he's not really the... He's not a great journalist, I guess. Yeah. Is this what you're going to write your article about? Yes, if I can make it home alive. The headline will be Revealed the Real Culprits Behind a Homicidal Theme Park. I see. What's wrong? Mm, nothing. Ah, this mysterious theme park, Illbleed. Our investigation is almost over. The Michael Reynolds Museum is nearby. So that's Let's pretty go. much the extent of Killer Man. You you discover the secret behind the murders and that's you it. get more money than you could ever feasibly use. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of speculation that this was supposed to be the final level in the game. Which makes sense. But... Swapped with stage six. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there's a lot of evidence supporting that. It... Uh, anyway. But it's not, so. <laughs> God, we have been going on a while, but level six. <sighs> yes, this is my favorite. My, my favorite by far. So you're actually treated to a preview of this in the killer department store. In the toy section, you see uh, branding for this series called Toy Hunter, which, uh, in case it's not obvious, it's starring this toy cowboy. <laughs> Might sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, his his adventures. So the, the lead character is Cork, who is basically a cross between Woody from Toy Story and Indiana Jones. His beta design, which there's, I'll send you a screenshot of later. Oh my god. It's, it looks even more like Woody than the final thing. <laughs> they, they added a beard in the final version, so he looked a bit less like it. 
But uh, trust here, me, me this level has copyright infringement all over it. You have no idea. Yeah. Oh my god! Chat. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's literally just Woody. <laughs> Woody with a different outfit. Yeah, Woody with an Indiana Jones outfit. But, yeah. So. So, anyways, you get to so experience start- the newest entry in the franchise, Toy Hunter. Yes. Before anyone else. Cork goes to hell. The popular series Toy Hunter is now a fun attraction. It's based on the new episode, Cork Goes to Hell, that's not yet released. In other words, in this attraction you'll be able to find out what happens in the new episode of Toy Hunter before anyone else. In the last episode, our hero, Cork, the Toy Hunter, had defeated the Cactus Man of Mexico, and no one had seen him since. The story begins where Cork returns home for the first time in three years after a long journey. Cork goes to hell. I I genuinely have to wonder if they knew from the start that, like, just that concept at all would not be kid-friendly, because the Japanese perception of hell is a lot different. So I'm not... I wasn't 100% sure at first, but it makes it very clear later that this is not supposed to be a kid-friendly concept. <laughs> yeah. So, going going in, I was a bit, you know, skeptical about the notion of, like, hey, what if we did Toy Story, but it's, like, mature? Because that can really easily just sort of devolve into dumb shock value gags. But I mean, this level Robot is Chicken's like, been making good money off of that for, like, 15 years yeah. now. But no, this level is really funny. <laughs> it's really good. It It's less about, like, dumb shock gags, like, oh, wow, it has this mature topic, that's crazy, and more just, like, total ridiculousness. Yes. <laughs> We're, God. So, to start, you, you start actually outside the attraction, where, uh... After one one last fight with the uh, mascot of Illbleed, who is Dummy Man, I hadn't mentioned that before. Uh, actually, in the in the guide, it gives Dummy Man a background where he was brought to life after years of a, a, abuse at the hand of humans to crash test dummies. So all the anger that crash test dummies had built up <laughs> brought Dummy Man to life, and he. Then revived the other dummies and made this dummy army to take revenge against humans. So anyways, you fight Dummy Man one last time and you get a ticket to the Toy Hunter attraction. And when you enter, this weird creature immediately sucks you up and spits you back out as Cork himself. So the, the game still lists you as your character, like you have all your stats and everything. But, like, personality-wise, dialogue-wise, everything, you are Cork for the rest of the level. <laughs> so another uh, another Cork actually jumps in to give you an explanation of how the level works. The key uh, unique aspect of this level is that there are a new type of traps called story traps, I guess, where uh, you basically want to walk into them because then when you do, the story will play out. It'll play a cutscene and the story will progress. He says you have to, like, risk your life when you do it because some might damage you, but that's just incorrect. So yeah. So basically in this one, you don't want to tag those traps. Fortunately, the horror monitor shows you when it's a story trap and not a normal trap, so it's easy to find them. The so, actual story 
So Cork here yeah. has been on like a three-year sabbatical in Mexico. <laughs> Which was terrible. He hated Mexico. Yeah. But... So he's finally returning home to his owner, uh, Henry, I think it was. Yeah, Henry. So it starts out with him, you know, reuniting with Henry and the other dolls uh, who yeah, Henry Marie owns. and... One of which is, yeah, Cutie Marie, who you saw in uh, Killer Department Store. And then Sexy Doll, who is not the most child-appropriate <laughs> it's, doll. It's exactly what it but... sounds like. It's just this woman <laughs> in a bikini bending over and looking back at you. The fuck it with, yeah, it's very it's... uncomfortable, but also kind of hilarious at the same time. Yeah, I have to admit when I saw because you you get a preview of her at the uh, toy hunter section in killer department store. So when I saw that, I sort of like rolled my eyes, like, yeah, okay, haha, funny. Yeah, joke. so did I. You have like this sex toy along with all this, but in the in the context of the level, it's really funny. It really works because. The idea is that Quirk is just, like, obsessed with her. He is extremely horny. He does not give a shit about his owner or anything else. He is We're just mad horny all. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of that, yeah. No! Oh, sex a doll. <gasps> Welcome home, darling. How was Mexico? Oh, it was horrible. Tell me the story later, in bed, if you dare. <laughs> so, Cork is happily reunited with Sexy Doll, and you know, looking forward to living together with her. When all of a sudden, uh, Henry just dies. He just dies. <laughs> in which front of you. The problem. Cork doesn't seem too bothered by it at first, until uh, Henry is laid to rest with his favorite toy, his Sexy Doll. <laughs> so... So Sexy Doll gets tossed in the coffin along with Henry, never to be seen again. Henry, sleep in peace. Here's your favorite Sexy Doll. She'll comfort you. Cork, darling, I love you, but I guess this is our goodbye. No! Cork goes into so, exile. <laughs> yeah, he goes... He goes... To mourn uh, Sexy Doll at Henry's grave, uh, only to find that this this demon has uh, captured Sexy Doll and takes her off to hell. Thus, Cork must go to hell to follow her. Cork, you're hopeless. You were able to save the world from the attack of Cactus Man, but you cannot save Sexy Doll. First, so he's going to become see. a drifter. Well, yeah, so he's first he's just. He thinks it's a lost cause. He's just distraught by the loss of his precious sexy doll. So he decides to go to go drinking. Uh milk, of course. Uh yeah. Because, you know, he needs to drown his sorrows. So when you get there, Cork is immediately uh serenaded by these egg bartenders who uh regale him with a song about his personal failures. To the tune which, of Oh Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I guess it is, huh? Do you know the dog and cork? Hey, I know this boy so well. He couldn't save his sexy doll. He ended up in hell. 
And Forrest, Texas, gunman door He's chicken through and through There is no bigger coward, no There's nothing he can do Anyways, he doesn't take that super well, so you have to murder these eggs. And then you're Which, put in jail for you know, egg murder. Yeah, you got away with murder up until this point, but Cork <laughs> is not so fortunate. Uh, these these talking police cars, which you'd mentioned they were just like Roger Rabbit, and like, yeah, that was my first thought as well. Uh, they haul him off to, to Alka Toys. Which is another joke that got me pretty bad. <laughs> Egg murderer! It's a crime! It's a crime! Lock him up for 500 years. No, he shall get a death penalty! I hear ya! I hear ya! Yeah, kill the bum and send him to hell! Roger that! So, he is... So Cork is put on death row. Yes, he is sentenced to death. <laughs> he is sentenced to death by hanging. While so in prison, he of... meets... God, what's his name? Potadon. Potadon, who is the spaceship. Hey, yes. you! What are you doing over there? You came just in time. I tried to escape from this prison, but I ran out of gas. Hey! Aren't you Cork? Who couldn't save the sexy ball? <sighs> it is you! My name is Pontydon. I've been in prison for 19 years. But first things first, buddy. Don't just. Who has me. read in the Toy Bible that if Cork <laughs> dies, he can go to Toy Hell and be reunited with his sexy doll. <laughs> So, yeah, so all of a sudden, Cork is like, hell yeah, sign me up for my hanging. So, you know, he's happy, he happily waltz on, waltzes on over to, to, to the old gallows. But then all of a sudden, when, you know, his, his hanging is about to be completed and he's about to die, uh, Potadon rushes in and cuts the rope, uh, and he falls down to the sewers below. As, uh, Potadon informs him that if he were to die like that, he would just go to plain old hell. <laughs> The only way to get to toy hell is to have your owner die and to get buried with them. So, naturally, the only course of action at this point is for Cork to find a new owner, since his owner had already died, uh, have them die, and then get buried with them. You know, gotta take action into your own hands here. There you are. Why did you interrupt my execution? I was on my way to see Sexy Doll again. I did that because I found out you shouldn't get executed after all. Why? After you left, I checked the toy Bible again, and I realized I remembered it wrong. You see, the type of hell in which Sexy Doll is being held is called Toy Hell. It's the hell toys go through if the toys get buried in the grave along with its owner. If you die in any other way, you just go to plain old hell, which is not what Sexy Doll is waiting for Whoa, you. That wouldn't have been Yeah, good. that was close, my friend. If I had shown up a minute later, you'd have died for nothing. <laughs> That'll teach so, me to he, go, he, he hits up the town, uh, searching for a child to become his new owner, uh, and he eventually finds one. 
This and, kid isn't uh, sick at all. Nice. No, he's not sick at all. He's a perfectly healthy child. So it's just like, what do you do next? So of course, Potodon advises that uh, you just you just shoot him. <laughs> you know, quickest way to get him to die is direct action. <laughs> you, you shoot a kid in the face, <laughs> and then he dies, <laughs> and you get buried with him, and you go to toy hell. You fight. I and, I uh, legitimately it, had to stop the game at this point because I couldn't <laughs> believe it. It's really What's good. What's the name of this imp? But like Zornak the Hellhog. It's Zodic the Hellhog. Actually, I'm not sure. I don't, I've never actually seen that. It's, I see people call him Hellhog. I don't know if I've actually seen that. I, I'm game. pretty sure it was in Either the way, game. Anyway, his name is. Oh, okay. Either way, his name is Zodic. <laughs> Come over here, darling. Sexy doll! This monster makes short work of you. <laughs> Zodic! You cannot get away with this, you mother! And, um... He's a... He's little not, blue not... imp who... Yeah? You know, attacks by spinning at you. He curls up into a ball and spins at and... you. Uh, when you hit him, he drops a bunch of rings on the ground... Um, he mm. loves, he, he, he loves to do a sassy, like, finger wag, like, <laughs> uh-uh, too slow, stuff like that. Um, what are, so what are his least... thoughts on chili dogs? <laughs> Unconfirmed. <laughs> Unfortunately, he does not speak, though the, uh, the aforementioned, uh, voice actor of, uh, unrelated character Sonic the Hedgehog is actually one of the operators who speaks over, uh, the end of the fight with him. <laughs> Uh, my favorite touch, which a lot of people probably didn't catch, because a lot of people aren't as big Sega aficionados as me, but the uh, sound that plays when Zodic uh, sort of awakes is uh, based off of the Sega Saturn uh, Japanese startup noise, which that got me. What a nerd. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so, yes, after killing... I just couldn't uh, this... fucking believe that I was literally playing as Woody from Toy Story fighting Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> So I have to admit that Zodic was one of the few elements of Illbleed that I did actually know about beforehand, just because it's sort of like, that's something that gets a lot of traction, I think. Uh, well deserved. Yeah. So Because I yeah, had to Nishijaki stop it just himself. because I couldn't believe it. He did the finger whack, and I had to walk away. <laughs> it's really good. Nishigaki himself says he didn't think that Sega was super fond of it, which... Yeah. <laughs> they let it on their system. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, even uh, Blue Stinger was published by Sega, too. Illbleed was, I think, supposed to be until the Dreamcast actually got discontinued two months before uh, Illbleed's launch. Oh. Which, you know, tough break. So, yeah, so you take down Z Zodic, and there's some stuff about how the programming got messed up, and you need to fight him, like, eight more times. But fortunately, you don't actually have to do that because uh, Potadon arrives and Cork and Sexy Doll ride off on Potadon into the sunset. <laughs> and that's Toy Hunter. That's all the attractions completed. At this point, Eriko and Friends and also Yorg, I guess, have toppled all of Michael Reynolds' challenges. And the only thing left to do at this point is to confront Michael Reynolds himself to claim the 
100 or maybe $1 million prize. But that doesn't come without, of course, one final challenge. Uh, Michael Reynolds actually gives you the choice between three of his uh, movie monsters to fight in battle, including arguably the greatest... Uh, <laughs> God, arguably the greatest movie monster name of all time, the Oh No Man. In all caps. God, all caps, Oh No Man. Because <laughs> he, he makes you say, Oh No, when you see him. Like, what's, what's scarier than that? So yeah, no, the three boss battles that you can choose from are the Oh No Man, who, in some of the early trailers for the game, was featured as a normal boss in one of the levels, so I think he must have gotten cut or moved around somewhere. You can't get rid um, of the Oh No Man. You cannot get rid of the Oh No Man. Absolutely not. And then there's a Skull... Skulltura is written on the poster, but I think it's supposed to be a Skulltula, which is just um, Cashman's mutated form from the end of Killer Department Store. Except this time you actually have a proper fight with him instead of uh, stealing his controls. Uh, or the Bull Stinger, which is a reference to Blue Stinger, their previous game. Uh, it's a boss that's modeled around one of the mutants from Blue Stinger. And it's also a lot more difficult. You wouldn't know that at first. You just sort of have to hope that you don't pick that and pick one of the other two, which are significantly easier. Uh, so after that, that one last fight, uh, that's it. You take home the hundred million or maybe one million dollars. Uh, yes. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> I haven't heard this much excitement in a long time. <laughs> Very well then. I shall present you with one hundred million dollars. And here for the fanfare is the Michael Reynolds Orchestra. And depending on what happened, you get one of two endings. There's the bad ending where um Erico laments that she couldn't save all of her friends and that she would have traded the money for having them back which funny enough if a character dies in ill bleed uh the game continues you continue with the next character if you have any remaining and you can pay to revive them so <laughs> you would think that she could just do that but oh maybe well. she just never found the bodies i don't know maybe maybe um also, if, if you don't save Yorg, you still get that ending, even though she cares about she's Yorg. Not really, she's not really one of his friends, but she still feels bad about it, I guess. Sure, I won a million bucks, but lost all of my friends in the process. There's nothing I can do to turn things around. I mean, I'd gladly give back the money if I could get them back. All I can do is pray that they rest in peace. Goodbye, my friends. I'll miss you a lot. Anyways, the good ending comes if you save all of Erico's friends and also Yorg. They go on a beach uh, vacation. Yorg isn't yeah, invited. Erico and all her friends, and not Yorg, go to the beach with all of their newly found uh, riches. Uh, Randy announces that he's bought, like, a, a chainsaw or a car or something, whatever. <laughs> they're all, they're all enjoying, you know, maxing and relaxing. And then Erico announces that she's still 
feels like she has unfinished business at Illbleed. And insists that she goes alone this now, time. Okay? Wait for me, guys. If I make it back, I'll probably be a changed girl. We'll be right here, waiting and praying. I'm sure you'll make it through, but be careful. And don't change too much. If you get into trouble, try and telepathically communicate with me, okay? I can be at your side in no time. Right. Thanks a lot, guys. I love you all. Which leads into the new game plus, which is basically yeah, I, exactly I, the same as the normal new yeah, game. I did not play the new game first. plus, partially because just, the primary feature is whenever you go through a level. Yeah, so and to sort of proceed that. You you can still you don't actually have to do it alone. You can still save Eriko's friends, but the goal in New Game Plus is to play through without saving anyone, which in some cases is actually a bit obtuse, especially in the first stage where you're sort of railroaded into saving Kevin, and the only way to actually not save him is to wait fifteen minutes after you first see him getting dragged around by Ban below in the level. And only then you will find him dead rather than uh still alive. What the fuck kind of braid bullshit is that? <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, so the goal is to get through without saving any of Eriko's friends and also Yorg this time. <laughs> but every time you and go through a level without saving one of her friends, she loses more clothing. Yeah, so her clothing gets torn up as you progress and you don't lose some of her friends. Uh, this is sort of referenced on one of the key visuals for the game. So, uh... Yeah, you slowly are losing clothes over the course of the game. You know, it's it is it's pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I will say that much. In their credit, in their credit, Blue Stinger's new game plus let you play as the two uh, male lead characters in swimsuits, which like you know, good on them for that. But some of their attitudes about uh, women in horror films, yeah, leave something to be desired. Right. You're practically uh, nude by the final later. boss. Oh, you are, you are, yeah, ostensibly nude at the final boss, which actually is what triggers the new ending. Rather than just having uh, Michael Reynolds speak it with you at a distance, he's like, oh, huh, huh, gotta get me some of this hot, sexy lady, you know. Which so is comes awful down. because it turns out Michael Reynolds is her father. Dad! Erico? So it was you, Dad. I knew it. You're the only guy who could have come up with such a sick and twisted place. What are you trying to do here? Ooh, I was waiting for you, Erico. You passed the test. You made it all the way through. Oh, come on, Dad. I passed your fear factor test when I was a kid. Nothing scares me or is a thrill anymore, from roller coasters to tales of the macabre. You took away my fun, and now you try and pull this stunt? How dare you? You're a maniac. Out of your mind. Yeah, so her father, who had, uh, her, her mother had divorced and who was last seen 12 years ago, was actually Michael Reynolds this whole time. And Illbleed was something that was concocted by him to sort of be like the ultimate fear. He only is really living when he's instilling fear in other people. And also, he's like an alien or something. Yeah, that's never really explained. Even when he was 
when he was younger, back when he was still together with Erigo's mother, he was still an alien. It's weird. It was actually, the alien design is based off of something from Ultraman, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> Anyways, so in addition to just wanting to instill fear, by the time that he had divorced uh, Erico's mother, he was no longer able to do anything to scare Erico anymore. So he just, Illbleed was sort of like his last attempt to scare Erico. Uh, and it didn't work. He, he presents you with some final, uh, some final scare events or whatever they're called in hopes of having those be the one thing that will finally scare Erico, but she thwarts those and then actually, uh, pulls a trick on Michael Reynolds in reverse, which causes him to melt for some reason. <laughs> and then, but then he turns into a monster and he is the actual final fight. This is the other, uh, piece of imagery of Illblade that I saw a lot of, this practically naked Erico and this sea of, like, blue goop that Michael Reynolds had melted down to, because he's just sort of this melting giant face at this point. So he is the final fight. He has two forms, you know, he has this giant face, and then he turns into this demon-type thing. Uh, that's never really explained either, so don't worry about it. And then, uh, oh, and one one thing of note about this fight is that at the start of the fight, uh, Eriko falls down like all the other characters do. She no longer has uh, her her buff over the other characters because her father had finally succeeded in scaring her with his new demonic transformation. That, I mean, are you saying that so, if your father turned out to be a demon, you wouldn't be horrified? I, I never said that. <laughs> So, uh, so with the final bo- with the final boss defeated, Eriko announces that you know he finally succeeded and she finally felt fear again, which interestingly leads to her becoming a coward. She sort of retires from horror because she just can't handle it anymore. And Kevin takes over as the new head of the Horror Film Research Society. Though there is a bit of a I don't love the true ending in general just because of both the whole naked thing and the fact that Eriko sees her fearlessness as like a character flaw like she feels like oh I gotta be like a normal girl and be scared of stuff which you know not great Mm. (laughs) the new president of the horror research club will now be me Kevin Kurtzman due to the fact that our old president Eriko is just not the same anymore poor Eriko once fearless and strong, she'd turn into a vulnerable little girl who needs a fearless knight in shining armor to protect her. Like me. Yeah. And the sad part is, I can't go to the horror house with her anymore. And yeah, the Also, game, it implies that's, that's the... like, Kevin's going to take care of her now. Gross. Yeah. 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 But the game ends with the... the uh, uh, a sequel tease, Michael Reynolds' virtual horror arcade. But, of course, this, this doesn't ever amount to anything. <laughs> Illbleed was not a successful game for a number of reasons. For one, being on a a platform that is famous for being a failure. (laughs) Yeah, well, that, and it came out after that failed console, had already failed. (laughs) 
it Dreamcast was donezo. It was officially ending production when Illbleed had was was released. So there was that going for it, and also it just this wasn't the sort of horror game that people were looking for at this point. There's no zombies in this. There's sort of an odd concept. In America, Illbleed actually came out after the likes of like Silent Hill 2 and at this point, uh, Resident Evil Code Veronica on the Dreamcast. Blue Stinger at the time had the benefit of coming out before any Resident Evil game or anything like that, but Illbleed did not have that luxury. So people didn't want something that was so tongue-in-cheek. They wanted something that was more like genuine psychological horror, which Illbleed most definitely was not. So Crazy Games shut its doors after Illbleed's failure. Uh, Illbleed only sold a tenth of what Blue Stinger sold. And Nishigaki and company moved on to another company uh, called Kavia, I believe, which was consisted of mostly ex-Namco employees, most notably one uh, Yoko Taro, who is the creator of the Drakengard and Nier franchises. So that's where uh, Nishigaki moved to as well. Uh, Unfortunately, in 2004, I believe, he died of a heart attack, though. So along with him, the possibility of any sequel to Illbleed or similar crazy games titles sort of faded away. It was announced in 2002, I believe, that both Blue Stinger and Illbleed would get a port to the Xbox, but... The company who was planning on doing those ports eventually opted against it. So they're both still stuck on the Dreamcast to this day. I I think that the creator of the game said that his intent, even if it was a failure, if one person had fun with the game, then he considered it a success. Illbleed is most definitely a cult game. I personally... I really, really, really liked it. Like, yeah. So, it, I'll, I'll be honest. Their shitty treatment of their shitty and gross treatment of teenage girls is the only thing keeping this from becoming an all-time favorite for me. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, that's pretty easy to avoid. I mean, it's still there, which sucks. But you know, yeah. I didn't get it in my playthrough, fortunately, and I already knew about it for a long time at this point. So I sort of, you know, it hit less hard there. But for a game that I'm not, I have a lot of respect for horror games, but I'm not like a huge horror head necessarily, but this is a game that just like was swirling around in my head for days and days after I finished it. I just like could not stop thinking about it. I, it is so like thoroughly entertaining and there's just so much to dig into, so many quotable lines and goofy written dialogue. There's so much variety and so many interesting ideas it's just, I totally understand why people are such huge fans of it now. And I'm yeah. I'm just bummed that it took me this long to get to it. Cause like, like I said, I never knew what to expect. There is literally no other game like this. No, it is the strangest thing I have ever played. My, I was talking about this game with a friend of mine who described it as a bad game where every aspect of that badness is so finely polished and gleefully crafted... That it circles back around the moon and becomes incredible. <laughs> See, I just... Well, I, don't, I don't even... I don't have that much problems with it as far as gameplay goes, I think. Yeah, I, I I feel like 
In it's, most it's other like cases, super... it would make a bad game, but they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah, 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 sure. Because, like, it's very forgiving. There's some stuff where it's, like, it might be rough normally, but because they sort of like, keep you with, like, healing items and upgrades, it's not a big deal. The only time it sort of becomes particularly frustrating is combat where you cannot heal. I feel like pretty much all of that would have been alleviated if they just let you heal in combat. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I... God, I just, this was totally up my alley, and I'm still disappointed that, because it's so inaccessible, that it's harder for more people to get their hands on it. Yeah, it's very difficult to find, but that's also... This sounds like something I probably would be into. Yeah. I I I... definitely think that it's not like a particularly gamey game at all. It's like, yeah. I feel like in a lot of respects, it's the sort of thing that people would be like, oh, this is like a walking simulator sort of thing. Because it literally, you literally just have to walk through a lot of it, take it very slowly. But, you know, you're sort of taking in the atmosphere and then enjoying all the goofy stuff that happens. And it One... does such a great job at that. That's the sort of thing games that I do enjoy tend to be. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is like sort of... <laughs> just enough gaminess that it could be frustrating if you're not like some of the bosses are absolutely terrible yeah like but along with how difficult it is to find it i do recommend looking up a long play if you want yes, to definitely there's some good uh i'm gonna if you don't mind me plugging some stuff that i used for research and sure go some ahead good other stuff so uh youtuber uh, super great friend has this a uh, good uh let's play of illblade where not only does he play through it, but he sh- they'll show like all the what the traps look like as they're sprung as he goes past them, and he gives a lot of it's not like what's up YouTube sort of stuff. This is like 2009, so it's not particularly grading or anything like that, but it's very comprehensive. So I can definitely plug that. A lot of my information about crazy games slash uh, climax uh, graphics comes from an interview on. Gamma Sutra by John Anderson with Shinya Nishigaki himself uh, a few months prior to his death. It has a lot of information about his background and, you know, some of the concepts behind Blue Stinger and Illbleed, and I very highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted to plug there. All right. There's one other bit of information that I found that I was surprised you didn't bring up. Oh? Was that one particular person that cited Illblade as an inspiration. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's a writer known as Kazutaka Kodaka, who made a little game called Danganronpa. Yeah, that's pretty much, like, the one point that I had ever seen Illbleed referenced by someone in the industry other than people who had worked on Illbleed. Which, you know, while gameplay-wise Danganronpa bears basically no resemblance to Illbleed, that sort of very morbid humor uh, revolving around, you know, like, teenagers facing those sort of, like, you know, extremely bizarre and horrific scenarios... It does have he a lot in specifically s- cited how crazy it was. Yeah, what? yeah, definitely. You know, Stuff like the execution <laughs> definitely seemed very 
you know, bred from the same, you know, seed there. What's also crazy is that, like, I've never actually played Danganronpa, but when I looked up this game's, like, premise, or when I watched the trailers you linked, I was mm-hmm. like, Danganronpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can, I can see it. Just, like, the whole high schoolers having to, you know, face all this, like, these really overblown, like, morbid traps sort of things like that. There's definitely... Like I said, I think the executions in Danganronpa in particular feel very... You can see the inspiration there. But you don't get to play as a toy in Danganronpa. <laughs> I guess not. Ah, but yeah, wow, that was long. Sorry about that. Yeah, I, That's yeah, what I don't apologize. Games. This it's is just... by far our longest episode, but if anything that we have talked about deserves it, <laughs> it is ill bleed. Because, I mean, it's just, games are long, so it's kind of hard to do games in general for that and reason. this one was, like, six games. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's the thing. Especially when it's totally, like, six unique concepts that we have to discuss. But I really... cannot recommend this game enough if you can yes. get past the shitty stuff that we discussed. And if you can actually get your hands <laughs> on it, for one thing. Yeah. But no, I was... I was surprised by how much I liked it and how much it's really resonated with me since then. Yeah, I was curious ever since... I I first discovered this game, I want to say, a, about three months before I suggested talking about it. And it intrigued me. I did not expect to get into it as much as I did. Yes, 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 yes. God, my voice is just like wearing thin at this point. I think we need to wrap up. Yeah, we for for Ben's safety, let's let's wrap up. Thank you for listening to It's Symbolic. If you want to contact us for any reason, you have critique, you have a suggestion for something for us to cover, you just want to say hi or try to get our credit card information or whatever. We <laughs> are don't. Our collective... You can do it for Jacob, but not for me. Our collective credit card information. I said try, not <laughs> succeed. But our, our company credit card. <laughs> I, I said try. I didn't say succeed. Well, Alright. We are on Twitter at It's Symbolic PC or available through email at It's Symbolic Podcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram at It's Symbolic Podcast where we will try to reframe ourselves from posting this entire game in screenshot format. <laughs> God, how am I going to choose? I know that I'm going to have to be the one who does it, so. Yeah. Oh, I need to figure out how to whittle it down. God. And no matter how you listen to us, be it iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, whatever, leave a rating and review. It helps more than you think. And we'll love you for it. I mean that. Anyway, I'm Jacob. I'm Mir. I'm Ben. Join us next time where we learn why you always obey the rules. The Halloween rules. Oh my god! I didn't know there were rules. 
Are those like trick or treat? Are those the is it trick and treat? Are those the rules, or is it oh, like God. an or operator? I'll have sort to find thing? out. Well, I'll, c- what do you, you think? Is it is trick or treat? Has it always been exclusive or this whole time? Because it's like if you do a trick and a treat, does that follow the Halloween rules? I, I don't think it does. So because it does. you do the trick nobody... in retaliation for not getting the treat. Yeah, so it's actually it should be trick XOR tweet. <laughs> Guess what, Cork? You're leaving death row to be hung right now!